The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, I'll try it. Want my brother's keeper? Let us in the hole, please! Please let us in the hole! Lord, this must be the flood. Let us go down and confuse their language so that they won't understand each other. Abram, leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household, and go to a land that I am. I see the wood and the fire, but where's the lamb for the bird? Sell me a bird, right? And I'll give you some stew. Jacob, what good is this birthright if I am about to? I'll give you Rachel as well, but you gotta work another seven years. Since this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of green out in the field when suddenly my sheave rose and stood upright. Joseph, you are so handsome. Lie with me, lie with me, lie with me. The dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads of green are seven years. It is wrong. No! You have come to see where the land is unprotected. Your servants are 12 brothers, the sons of one man who lives in the land of Canaan. The youngest is with our father right now, and one of us is Moses. If you send our brother Benjamin along with us, we will go down and buy food for you. But if you don't send him, it doesn't make any sense for us to go down because he already said to us, you will not see my face again unless your brother. I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely bring you back again. And Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. Last week, we reached the end of the book of Genesis. So this week, instead of moving on, we decided to do something special. We brought back all of our previous guests for a recap on the entire book. Be blessed and enjoy this special episode on Genesis. Welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. So this week, we decided to do something a bit special. So we, last week we said, you know, we were wrapping up the book of Genesis, but 
I know I hinted at us doing something special and this is it. So we brought back all of our guests that we've had featured through the book of Genesis for this one special episode. And tonight we're just going to break down the book in, in, to in total. Just going to talk about it, talk about some of the high points of the high points of the book, some of the low points of the book, and pretty much how it made us feel. So first of all, first of all, I want to thank all the guests who are here now because I mean, you guys really help with the podcast, and we got a lot of positive feedback from when you guys are on each episode, and the episodes just feel more alive when we have guests. I mean, exactly, people might get tired of hearing me and Kaz every week, <laughs> but you know, like the podcast really feels more whole. So. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for being here. I don't know if you actually want to talk because y'all, you know, like I should get talk. Yeah, you know. I mean, we got a lot to cover, dog. We so got a lot to cover. We could just, we could just introduce everybody. I could just go from from whatever to whatever. Mm. We got Dom, our boy Dom. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> we got Don. Yo. We got Ayana. Hello. All right. My fiance, by the way, just saying. <laughs> she wasn't that the last time, you know what I'm saying? But you know, God is good. <laughs> And we got my boy Elijah. Ew. <laughs> what's good? What's good? I laugh because remember last time I didn't forget to introduce you all together. Yeah, my boy just started. <laughs> my boy just started. Yeah. All right. So in the book of Genesis, it starts off with in the beginning, the first book. Mm. And so we start off with a bang talking about creation. And so no pun intended because it didn't really start off with a big bang. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor choice of words. Right. But we see in the beginning, God spoke. And from his words, everything that ever was and ever is and ever will be came into existence. God created the whole universe in one week. And so that's pretty much where we're going to kick it off. I mean, first question I'll ask is, which was, like, does anyone have a special day creation that was their favorite? And potentially why? I'm just going to start it off by saying uh, the Sabbath day. Um, Safe answer. <laughs> for, for obvious reasons. Listen, when I tell you, like, I started working in 2019 and I thank God every day for Saturday because Lord knows if I had to go through an entire week of work and then go and work on Saturday and Sunday, I would have died a long time ago. So, <laughs> Yeah. I say for me, um, I like the Sabbath. That's that's dope. But I say for me, it's the first, because mm. um, it just shows God as provider and creator in the beginning. You know, in the beginning, God created. And I just for me as a man, it's important to provide. It's important to create. It's important to not be stuck in a dark place because we have to understand that the world was a dark place. Mm. You dig what I'm saying? And just be, I think in my own life. When it's light, when it's good times, I put God there. When it's dark, I, I say God's not there. But God shows his flexibility that he can be in the dark and he can be in the light because he is light. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So That's deep. You got one, yeah? I was going to say the Sabbath because I don't really, I mean, all of them, all of them cool. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't really think about it like, oh, he went big or busy today. You know what I'm saying? The fourth day? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I, I put too much stock into it like that. But I want to, to, um, to chime in on the Sabbath though. Like, I never appreciate the Sabbath. I never appreciate the concept of resting. Like, even now, like, even like we're creating, if it's up to me, I'll create every day. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, you can't overdo nothing. You know what I mean? I'm the type of person like to overdo some stuff, but that ain't healthy at all. And God was basically establishing temperance from there. Like, you got to chill out. You know what I mean? Like, you mm -hmm. you, you, you can go off all through the week. You get your six days, but on that seven one, you should chill out. And that's, like, that's, that's just... Uh, you know, some fundamentals you could apply to all things, you know, mm -hmm. and, I, and I feel like God was working 
in the physical sense at the at the beginning of the time, and that was just his example us. Like you know, you can work, but you you still gotta give your time some yourself some time to chill. You know. Keeping true with episode one, I'm gonna say my first my favorite was uh, the first day again, and to me my, I, the reason's still the same because just showing that in the beginning God had a plan that the first thing I'm gonna create in this day is light and simultaneously introduce into the whole universe time and order, knowing that everything is going to be methodically planned out, that on the first three days of creation, I'm going to uh, pretty much uh, design and create the environments. And then on the second three uh, the second three days of creation, four, five, and six, I'm going to create the inhabitants for these environments. And on the seventh, I'm going to rest. But we see from the very beginning, from day one, it wasn't just God saying, I'm going to do whatever. God said, you know what, I'm going to create this universe, but I already know what I'm going to do on each day. And each day, it's going to be good, no matter what I do. Yeah, powerful stuff, bro. But, you know, on one of those days, God created mankind. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, and, and just, to, just to skip ahead, it was a time when God regret making mankind. You know what I mean? That's, like, remember me, right? Like, if I get saucy with my mom, like, when I was young, she'd say, like, I regret teaching you how to talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what God, that's what God was giving it up. Like, bro, like, I made y'all for this one. Th- I made y'all for this one thing, and y'all, you guys are doing completely opposite, and it's disgusting. And I'm not, I'm fed up. You know what I'm saying? But not to jump the gun, not to jump the gun. But so I, I will say this one thing about uh, the sixth day. I know I said uh, my favorite was the seventh, but on the sixth day, the sixth day was the one day where God come down and he he did the work. Performed you the want, first surgery. He, exactly. Like <laughs> every other day, he was saying like he spoke stuff into existence. But on the sixth day, he came, he formed man. You know Hand-crafted. what I'm saying? Handcrafted. Handcrafted. Mm. Beautifully, wonderfully made. You understand? Beautifully and wonderfully made. That, that. Marvelous. Mm-hmm. How that works. Listen, Woo! don't get me singing, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> they but want to start something. <laughs> but then we see, unless anyone else went cold with Adam and Eve, but then we see this handcrafted creation that God created. He also gave them one very important thing, and that was will. And so God also placed two very important trees at the beginning of creation as well. And he said, guess what? There's going to be two trees, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and good and evil. One you can freely eat with. One perpetuates my life to you, the tree of life. But there's one tree close nearby, still in the center of the garden, the tree of knowledge and good and evil. You should not eat of this tree. Hmm. And that was literally the only rule. So like what we were saying off mic, like right now, because of sin, we have... Do all the rules we have the Ten Commandments we have a lot of stuff to live by you know some things are cultural some things are spiritual but it's just a lot of rules at your work you have rules XYZ my guys <clears throat> my guys and girls my guy and girl Adam and Eve only had one rule you know and this rule with going through Genesis you understand that everybody goes through a test of some sort you know God might ask you to, to give up the thing that you love the most you understand or God might just ask you hey out of everything in the world just don't eat from that you understand mm. what I'm saying? And that was the task for Adam and Eve. Now, I'm not here to say how easy or how hard it was because obviously as perfect human beings who are geniuses, they felt, I don't feel like I would have stand a chance in the garden. You know what I'm saying? That's who I am right now. But all I'm saying is like, it's like the concept of sin would, did not exist to them. You know, they, they wouldn't have known how to sin. They only, they were perfect beings. They only wired to be perfect. They were literally missing the knowledge of evil. Exactly. And so basically, I, I feel like this is a beautiful thing for God. Cause like as a child, I used to wonder why God, why you put 
the street and the, like how, you you don't see how problematic putting the street here is. It's like if you put something in arms reach of a baby, like you put you you as the adult you can put this away if the baby's gonna harm themselves. You understand? But I'm like God, why you put this here, knowing that. I don't know if... Anyway, knowing that it's a possibility that they could fall. You know, why are you giving them that opportunity to fall? Because like Earl say, God blesses with free will. You understand what I'm saying? God didn't bless us to be slaves. God... Thing, exactly. You like understand God, what I'm saying? Like, God, didn't bless us, God didn't create us to be slaves because God said, you know what? I want to actually have a relationship with my creation. And that and that's the thing that he wants to have a relationship with us because uh, let's think about it. I could create... I'm an engineer, so I can create a building, a plant. I can, like, you can create something out of clay, but you still can't have that relationship with it if the only thing it can do is just serve you. Like the robots we create as engineers, as mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, they only can do what we program them to do. It's supposed to be. But now <laughs> you see God saying, you know what? I actually want to have my relationship. So now I want you to love me and serve me. And I want you to do that because you actually have the choice to, not because I'm forcing you to. So God said, you know what, this is, this is the only way I can show that you actually obey my commands because you actually love me. You have one test, just only this tree. Because think about it, like Kazi said, every other tree created, and even those ones that are extinct today were around then. It was still a perfect world that God created. So mangoes, apples, whatever, whatever fruit. Because I ain't even getting a bag of favorite fruits. You know how I get when I start naming yeah, fruits. Come But to God say, you know what? I'm gonna make sure my creation are not automatons. Mm -hmm. They're going to have the option to serve me or not. See, and that's why God is God and I is the human. Because when you explain it like that, I'm like, oh, it do make sense, straight. Like, I understand how this is playing it by the book and this is being perfect and this is being right. You understand? But it's like, if you know they can fail, you know what I mean? Don't give them the option. But at the same time, that ain't, that ain't love and that ain't, mm -hmm. that ain't righteous. You understand what I'm saying? Because literally, the devil was basically trying to say this man, he, he running some type of slave ship. Y'all have to, you can't even see him. You have to worship him, do this, ex, that. Like, y'all don't have free will. You understand? But God literally, or every step of the way showing you, y'all have, have, have the choice to do whatever you want to do. It would behoove you to do the right thing. You understand? And make it to heaven. You understand? But you have that option to not make it to heaven. It's not going to be in your best interest, but you do have that option. And, and even to set the scene now, it's like, Right now, the Garden of Eden was heaven on earth because God created man to rule over earth. It wasn't, because see, right now, it's because we fall and we sin, we, we have this image of heaven that we need to get to, which and we all want to get to heaven. But back then, it wasn't no need for heaven because heaven was on earth. Mm -hmm. Man's domain was earth, not heaven. God created earth for, for man. man. Yeah, for sure. So that's why God came down and dwelt with man on earth. But God's this is where we're supposed to be reigning. So I remember the Garden of Eden was perfect because right now we can't fathom that because we have this image of a broken world in our heads. We have an image of a pandemic that we're still living through right now. We have an image of hurricanes, tornadoes. None of these things existed. There wasn't even rain then because the rivers that God created were still enough to naturally water the earth, naturally mm. water the grass. So there was no need for heaven mm. in that instance for man to be our ultimate destination because everything that we ever needed was already here on earth. God created this earth as our place that we were supposed to live forever. Because think about it, after the thousand years in heaven, where are we coming back to? To the new earth. To the new to earth. earth. Yeah. Because earth was originally created for man. Yeah. <laughs> that time can't come soon enough, but anyway, right? Let's get to mom and dad who, who brought us into all this. So now, we see, <laughs> now we see a crafty little serpent started 
he saw Eve by her by herself. And so Yeah, he saw Eve by herself. And so he said, you know what? <clears throat> did God tell you did he really tell you, you couldn't eat from this tree? Hmm. So now Eve's by herself doing her thing. Adam's is somewhere in the garden. They they separated. I ain't gonna get into that semantics right now. If you want to get back to that episode two, it's right there for you to check out. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, shout out, shameless plug. plug. <laughs> <laughs> but they got separated. So now we see, okay, Eve got enthralled by this snake in the tree. Hmm. And from other books, uh, Patriarchs and Prophet, it really shows where Satan himself, as the serpent, plucked the fruit. Whether you want to debate if it was an apple or whatever fruit, the, the, the point is this fruit, whatever it was, was came with the tree of knowledge and good and evil, and he placed it in Eve's hand. And he said, guess what? God said, even if you touch it, you would die. But clearly you're still alive. Hmm. And Eve got caught in a moment of weakness. Because in that moment, she said, guess what? The reason why God told you you shouldn't eat from this tree, because if you eat of it, you will become like God, mm-hmm. knowing of knowledge of good and evil. Which was true... But that don't make you a god. But that essentially, but that doesn't make, that doesn't make you on God's level. Don't yeah. make sure you got something to say. No, I just I just was thinking about it. And it was like what what, what was really crazy to me is he uh, Satan hit her with that line, right? But at the end of the day, God created man in His own image. So mm-hmm. from the jump, we were kind of like God. Like God created us to be. You understand, like like, like Him in, in a certain sense. Here's the thing, too, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and I like how you said, because here's the thing, even though I know we spend a little time on this, so I can, I can make this one quick, right? But look, look just, look at, just look at creation. God spoke to everything and said, okay, I'm going to come. Like he spoke to the, let there be light. He spoke to the uh, air and said, you know what? Bring forth the sun, moons, and stars. He spoke to the air and sea. Bring forth of your own. Bring forth the fish and the birds. So he spoke to, the, he spoke to each environment on the bring forth. Who did God talk to? On day six, mm-hmm. he talked to himself. He said, let us make man to his own image. So God spoke to himself and said, you know what? We are going to make man out of ourselves. Yeah. Father, Son, Ghost, Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? But that's the that's that's next important thing about creation people miss. God spoke. Yeah, he spoke each time. But in that last one, he spoke to himself and said, you know what? I am bringing man out of myself because I want man to be like me. But... <laughs> I'm going to keep it going. Yep. So anyway, she got deceived. She ate of the fruit. See, and this where it gets interesting because people have brought this up to me, especially after that, that, that first time, because the Bible says, then she gave it to her husband who was with her. That's important text. Mm-hmm. Who was with her. You understand what I'm saying? So the thing, the thing that conflicts me about that is because you have Adam and, and this, you have even the serpent having a full-blown dialogue. As said in the Bible, but no Adam, no speak. You had nothing spoken from Adam. They have time to talk and sing and do all type of stuff, right? But it wasn't until she already eat of the fruit that now Adam with her, right? And so, like to me, and this, like we can only speculate because ain't no way of truly proving what with means. Because if me and Earl go to the mall together, I'm with Earl, but that don't mean Earl is with like right on yeah. my side at the same time. You understand? I could be in Macy's and Kelsey could be in T-Mobile getting a phone sort out. You understand? We're still saying? with each other, exactly. But we're not side by side. Exactly. So my question, then this could be just some food for the thought. Where was Adam when this whole conversation going? If he was truly by her side at the tree, you understand what I'm saying? And then at the same time. She gave it the fruit to Adam, who was with her. That don't that don't even mean that she could have just eaten the fruit and given it to Adam. She could have had the fruit, 
right? Hold the fruit until she was with Adam, and now Adam is with her, and then give the fruit to her. You know, you understand what I'm saying? And so it need, it's neither here nor there. The fact of the matter is, Adam was not deceived. Adam saw the fruit that was from that tree. He was it was given to him by Eve, and Adam say, "I guess I gotta eat it then." Yeah. yeah. Well, what is there goes it? nothing. Go for it. I think uh, you said that Adam was not deceived, and that just like really struck me. Adam wasn't deceived. He was persuaded. Yes. Eve was deceived. And that's the difference. I remember last time we was talking, um, we were saying how um, with women, it's kind of easier to, I guess, well, the way we're made, it's easier to get towards women through what they hear rather than what they see. But to men, it's easier to get to them by what they see rather than what they hear. Because God told Adam, don't eat the fruit, bro. Straight up. He didn't Eve wasn't there yet. Feel me? So I don't know. So I, I don't know. That just really struck me. Right. So... It's like, to me, it is, it is meaningless to try to put onus on somebody for this because they both ate two different circumstances, but they both had to make the decision wow. without being influenced by the, by the other. Sorry to tell you. Right, um, I think um, another thing to consider is the fact that neither Adam or Eve were born in sin. Nope. Wow. So they weren't a slave to sin, wow. unlike us. Like, so this was a true decision. Mm-hmm. Like wow. this was something that did not happen before. We're born in sin, so literally, Jesus. we have to fight our flesh, right? Mm-hmm. The Bible says the um, that the flesh is a slave to impurity, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. means we literally, this is something that has us. We are hostage to this thing, right? But they didn't have that that type of hold. Like it's it's totally different. So when you process it that way, it's like this was a literal decision that they decided to make. Also, mm-hmm. keep in mind that the Bible. That God told them they could eat of any fruit. God created the whole earth. I mean, eat of any tree. God created the whole earth. I doubt it was four trees to choose from. <laughs> like you get what I'm saying? Like so, like all for you them. to like look at all of these trees. You, just imagine a forest. You can't count those trees, right? So just imagine all these trees. For you to just say I want to eat of this one, it, that is a complete direct decision. Back home, I got four trees in my yard already. <laughs> four completely different fruit in my yard. You understand what I said? They had options. <laughs> now, now, didn't the Bible say, though, like, that, that, those trees were beautiful, though? They, they were different, you know? So, But you're right. There were so many, but I always imagine, like, I don't know, like, that fruit, all the fruit was beautiful and colorful, but like this fruit was just glowing. <laughs> like, you know, man, I, 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 I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't don't do look it. Don't look over there, but don't it's glowing, <laughs> man. <laughs> I mean, like, the, the weird thing is, like, it's so hard for us to fathom because we can't fathom what it is to not have that sinful lust yeah. pulling mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And like you say, because I, like, I just like how you point that out because they didn't have that. So they very well, even though, I mean, you have the devil himself tempting you. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that's like. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm on that level yet. I think I might still got little pesky demons tempting me over here, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that's like. But now we see, I mean, if anyone got anything else to say, on Kena, uh, thing, I'm going to progress it. So now we see God ultimately came down. And he was like, Adam, where are you? <laughs> I just imagine God in the cool of the day, just walking in the garden. Adam, where are you? <laughs> Eve, you're naked. <laughs> Check presentation the false skit, guys. That's what Dominic said. In what? So now we see, and then, and so now, in all, in all seriousness, God addressed Adam. The reason why he addressed Adam when he came back because God left Adam in charge of the earth. Adam instantly shifted blame to his wife. Lord, the woman you gave me gave me the fruit. 
God said, okay, cool. Eve, what happened? Went to Eve. The serpent you created tempted me. God said, okay, what happened? He go to the serpent. I ain't even asked you what happened. I already know. You, you I already know what you got going on. <laughs> see so you see God instantly progress, uh, start to curse them in the way they possibly and say, okay, serpent, here's your curse. Then goes to Eve. Eve, here's your curse. And then Adam, here's your curse because you know you should have been in charge. And God said, you know what? The presence of God cannot dwell in with sin. The Garden of Eden was created to be a perfect holy place. You guys have desecrated it. Hmm. You guys have to leave. And even to ensure that they don't come back, God put a cherubim. Mm. Cherubims are actually kind of freaky looking. Freaky, <laughs> scary. I ain't even know scary. But to top it off, with the cherubim, this cherubim had a flaming sword to guard the entrance to the Garden of Eden. Mm. To just to make sure that, guess what? <clears throat> Y'all ain't coming back in here. And so now we see the keeper going. Adam and Eve had two, two, two sons. Keen, and able. So basically, based on this going back, my bad dog, and this going back to the topic of everybody being tested. So we know what Adam and Eve's test was, right? Cain and Abel, this wasn't even a test. This was just standard procedure. <clears throat> you understand what I'm saying? They ought to offer sacrifices. If there's no shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. You understand? And so basically, they were to offer a lamb for, of sac for sacrifice. And this is something that we've seen straight throughout the book of Genesis. People offering sacrifices. Jacob offered a lot of sacrifices. And so this particular time, Cain decided that I am not going to offer a lamb for sacrifice. I'm going to offer fruits and vegetables or maybe just vegetables but it was plants that he offered for sacrifices so God in order to show um, um, his, his pleasure or displeasure a fire came down and accepted um, Abel's sacrifices but nothing happened to Cain's sacrifice uh, and then what got me too was like even going for keep on going forward growing up they always paint the picture that Cain never really had a conversation with God but what got us when we actually did this episode was that, no, God literally talked to Cain and was like, hey, bro, this Earl paraphrasing now, so don't, don't hold it against me. Hey, bro, I don't want your fruits. I want a lamb. Give me a lamb. I'll sacrifice it. After this conversation, Cain was like, like he doubled down. Bro, I am not giving you a lamb. You will accept my fruits. Right. And then he started taking it on Abel. Like, Abel, hey, come. Let's, let's go in the field for a bit, eh? I got some blood. Boy, <laughs> shedding of blood is what you want. <laughs> but I was I always imagine that part like um when they offered their sacrifices, you know, um Abel, this beautiful flame from the sky come down and accept that and everything, and Cain standing on the side with his fruit just looking. Just and it's not like, how long you think he stood there waiting? <laughs> 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 you know, and the fire is still just glowing and beautiful. And I when it was produce, I bruh, I <laughs> and he said, I can go on. Here I am, God. It's funny because that picture, like, it have me thinking of Kane, like, eagerly smiling, like, it's my turn now. You know? yeah, my body right. comes on, too. <laughs> then the SpongeBob voice comes on two hours, hours later. later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, my, my thing, my thing, my, my biggest thing from this is though, like, he had misplaced anger. You were, anger. you were angry with God. And like I feel like that's human nature. We get angry with God, right? But when you look at all of the facts of the case, we are wrong all the time. When we're angry with God, we wrong. You understand? Because we might be thinking of this wrong. We might have done something wrong and God disciplined us. And now we're upset about it. And that's, that's the case here. And Cain didn't even get disciplined. 
can't just it's obvious sacrifice just didn't get accepted. You understand what I'm saying? Like we don't know what implications could have came after that. But God was like, bro, you do this, this will happen. If you don't do this, that will happen. You understand? And from there, he didn't feel wasn't feeling God or not, and he had to get, he had to, he had to blow off his anger some way. And so the closest person involved was Abel, his younger brother, and he ended up mm. killing his brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and another thing that uh, really stood out to me about this was the fact that um, just a matter of where your heart is and all of this, you understand what I'm saying? So God gave you specific instructions. He's like, all right, I'm trying to, like, I know that sin happened, but I'm still trying to, you know, keep this relationship with you guys going on. In order for us to stay close, in order for your sins to be forgiven, this is what you need to do. But in it's, it's like... He, Cain didn't even care about like what he needed to do in order to get his sins forgiven. He just wanted to be recognized. And and I don't know if this is what it is, but I feel I kind of feel like he just want to be recognized for the things that he did for the for the fruits of his own labor right. versus trying to, you know, get God to forgive him for all of the sins that he might have committed. So it, it's just a matter of where your heart is in all of this when you're trying to um, give back to God. And we can see Cain, his heart was not in the right place. When God come to him, hey, where your brothers? <laughs> Am I my brother's keeper? You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's a big line, though. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I ain't gonna lie. That's a that's a big line. <laughs> you know what I mean? But how you getting spicy with God? I don't get it. I don't you just commit the first murder ever. And, and, and this is God too, because it's like you know, just like when He came back and looking for Adam and Eve, you know, hey Adam, you know, you hiding. It's God, man. Right. You know, and then, like, it's like you say you get spicy with God when He like, hey, where your brother at? You know, you like, I don't know, even thinking about it, put fear in my heart. But my dog said, "I'm in my brother's keeper." Right. You know, so he like, dude, his blood is crying. Crying, is crying. Like, are you serious? I'm God. Like, you saw the fire when I took Abel's to be like, come on, what are you doing? Come like, on. they just show the patience of the Lord, man. Like, I, I think he just should be, poof, you done. Like, just stop, poof. All right, so after Cain and Abel, um, we, we get hit with our lineages. And the only thing I'm going to say is, uh, what, what, how, what was it again? Anyway, from you go, if you take from Adam to Noah, but the lineages point out, uh, man is appointed mortal sorrow, sorrow, but the blessed God will come down, teaching that his death will bring the uh, death and di- the dying rest. Comfort and rest. That was memory. That was yeah. memory. Only thing I can remember was his death shot break. That's yeah. the only thing I can remember. I was there and I dropped the mic on that. <laughs> I, I still don't even remember. <laughs> but that's yeah. the like that's the main thing you gotta take from the lineages. But the lineages all the, on the next uh uh Easter egg. Oh shoot, Easter eggs don't 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 do that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the next they don't use that terminology. Yeah, right. that terminology. <laughs> My apologies. But the only uh next nugget? golden nugget yeah. in there is uh Enoch. This guy who walked with God and was no more. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And the only thing, like, I'm just gonna pose a question, whoever answers can answer, but like still <laughs> He blew me away. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Like, what do you think it takes to still reach that level of walking with God to be no more? Because we've only seen it done twice, twice yeah. in the whole Bible. You say never be born. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because like in today's age, what do you think that would take? I mean, because personally, I feel like we have so much distractions in today's age even to reach that level. Because I can speculate. I can speculate just for a second. This, this could be brief too. And you think about like, um, uh, I might have used this analogy too back in, in that episode. Like, when you think about professional athletes, right? 
they eat a certain way, they sleep a certain way. I hear, I heard this Adley talk about his bed had heating and cold sensors on it because he had to heat, he had to sleep like hot for this much hours, cold, X, Y, Z. You have to literally live this. That's how I feel. Personally, I, of course I ain't God and, and God might be like, but you're wrong, but you might have to do more than that. You know what I mean? Or even less than that. But I feel like you literally have to live this like, like when you talk when, uh, to the athletes conversation, you talk to athletes like, I have a cousin who's a, who's a really successful athlete. Every, when he was active, everything was sports. Everything is sports. And you, when, you look, when you look at these commentators, everything they eat, sleep, breathe, that's the, the only thing they enjoy is sports. You understand what I'm saying? You have to, you have to be like that, but at the same time, you still have to be denying self daily like crazy like you can't let no ego get to you or nothing like that it just have to be me trying to get closer to god every day every day every day that's literally all i care about my family can try to get me doing that no nope, i'm not doing it no nope. i'm spending time with god you understand what i'm saying like you have to put everything aside in the world and only be god to get like that that's that's what i think that's what i think i i i, I completely agree with what you're saying and i i just want to put this in a different perspective you had adam and eve who like actually physically walked with God and they weren't able to to maintain you understand what I'm saying and the the the, th- the difference is like these guys these guys they 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 lost focus you know what I mean like God God wasn't the center God wasn't like uh kind of like their goal but with Enoch this dude like you were saying he was he was every day he was striving trying to be better trying to be more like God trying to you know just he Every day, every day was, he, he woke up and it was the same choice. It was the same, you know, every day, God, where you lead, I will follow kind of situation. So my thing is like, it's, it's just like you saying, it's that, it's that focus where you, where you, where exactly, where you, where you, um, where you lie, where you, what you looking at? Yeah, exactly. You think it's you think it's coincidence he only lived three hundred and sixty five years? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like God do little things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, three sixty five days in the end. I'm trying to tell you something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got oh, that's oh I just caught it, bro. I just caught it. You gotta do this every day, bro. Three sixty five was seven eighty two. Feel me nine sixty nine, he was a three sixty five. He was three sixty five. That's it. And that kind of adds to my point, too, because I think about it like, think about their life. You know, we already know they tilling the ground, they growing their food. And I think like when they, I imagine Enoch was like, man, I think the moment he must have came in this world, he must have knew the father is there and he would spend time. So people would, God would go speak with people and talk with them and stuff. I feel like when Enoch got his encounter with God and, you know, God would, you know, go do his thing and then they would go back doing nothing. And I was like, no, like, I, I still want that. He was like, go eat something. No, I think God all, like saw his heart was like, he he will die sitting here trying to go. He didn't care about water. He didn't care about food. It's like he was on a whole nother. All he saw and wanted was God. Yep. So I just imagine eating. I like. Forget family, forget mother, forget father, forget food, forget anything. I'm going out to the Lord. And if he got any taste of the Lord, and the Lord's like, yeah, all right, I'm going. I'm going to go back to my place. He just kept walking further. Like, no, I will not stop. Like, he yearned for the Lord 24 7, 365. Yeah. And it didn't matter. And God knew. He knew, like, listen, if he not get hungry and about to die from starvation, he don't care. He going like. So I just feel like he got was like, come on, man. I, yeah, I know you're real. You, 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 you real. You real. You real. Come on up here. You don't got nothing left down there, man. <laughs> come up here. He's not entertained by nothing. I mean, 
Beautiful women, nothing, food, nothing, water, nothing. I'm just sitting there. Yeah, you different. Wait for the Lord. You different. <laughs> yeah. You different. Yeah. yeah. So now we see, is it his grandchild or great-grandchild? It's the same. Grand. It's the same. Yeah. It's with Noah. Yeah. So now we see it during this time, the world was so wicked that God was like, okay, my, the heart of man's getting too evil. I'm going to need to hit a reset button. So Noah was a, from the line of Seth, a righteous man, blameless in this generation, Noah walked with Noah God. Noah walked with God. Also, yeah. <laughs> Noah exactly. walked with God. We'll go for it. Nah, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to go back. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Right. It says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And then, and then after that, he became the father of Methuselah. Enoch worked, worked, walked faithfully with God for 300 years. So that means that whole 365, he wasn't walking with God. Mm. But, you see what I'm saying? True. True. But... I take that as as him as it's saying he turned things up a notch after he yeah. had his child because the way patriarchs and prophets put it, like, it was like he had Methuselah and he was like, yo, this is a baby. Like literally, if I leave this baby, this baby ain't gonna eat. You understand? This baby ain't gonna change himself. This baby's fully reliant on, on me. And he was like, and the way LOI puts it is like that really changes mindset on how we should view God. We need to be fully reliant on him. Mm-hmm. So that next 300 after that, that's when he got busy. He was like, yo, uh, I'm a baby. I'm a baby, yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You feed me like he, you know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, so, no. so that's, 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 that's echoing too and saying like when David was like, as I dare panther for the water, so my soul should long after God. So he was saying like, that's kind of what Enoch kind of realized. Saying that, you know what? Going back to Kazi's point, just like how a baby needs his father and as a dare hungers for water. That's really how I should be longing after Jesus. And he said, okay, you know, I'm going to commit my life to that. Because oh. even after he had a son, he started to pull away from society too and just was studying and trying to spend that quiet time in solitude mm. with God. So Enoch really was literally putting in that work for the, for the 365. It's funny y'all say that because even like as I'm maturing spiritually and everything, uh, one of my mentors, um, the chaplains, they tell me like, yeah, you're 24, but your spiritual age is still very, very young. You know, I, I kind of, I think ahead and I put myself, I should be doing this by now. I should be doing this. I should be doing this. I should be here with God. I shouldn't be falling to the same things I've been falling to, you know. But as your spiritual age, like, you think you're a teenager, but now you're still a baby, bro. Like, you're still, you need to be cradled. You need to be swaddled in God. Like, you're trying to take on whole food when you still need to be on spiritual milk. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, bro. So now... Back to Noah. <laughs> so now we see God, God said, you know what? I'm going to hit the reset button in the world, which is so interesting because right now we're only in what? Chapter six of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So think about it. In six chapters of the Bible, God got so, the world got so corrupt and evil in that short period of time because of sin that entered the world after Adam and Eve ate the fruit. That God was like, you know what? I'm literally going to hit the reset button on the entire earth. Mm. And it's so crazy because even in today's day, we keep on saying the world's so evil, the world's so evil. But remember, the Bible said in the end times, as in the days of Noah. Noah boy. And we see like how far back Jesus went. You say, as in the days of Noah, shall, so shall it be in the end. So, because I know even on our episode, we, was think, we were saying like, yo, how, how bad we think it was. And we're like, probably have to be way worse than this right now because God still ain't decided to come back yet. Because mm-hmm. God said, next time I'm going to destroy the world, it's going to be with the fire. And he ain't reached that point yet, but he said, guess what? The end time's going to be just like how it was in the days of Noah. When God said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this. Uh, that's it. So God said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm a, hey, Noah, I'm going to send a big flood. And you should have built a really huge boat. <laughs> and guess what? Here are the dimensions for this boat. <laughs> and, here's, and here's exactly how you're going to do it. And now we see Noah was preaching for over 100 years, it was like 120 years. 
while he was building this boat, while he was preaching that a flood was going to come, that a flood was coming. But the only people that Noah could have convinced to come in the boat was his own family. Mm-hmm. And that might yeah. not even have been convincing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're already like, yo, no, y'all getting in this boat. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care how old he is, I'm still your daddy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I always thought that was so crazy because it's like he preached for that long, but nobody. I mean, like, you can go out right now and come up with the craziest story. Like, I, I believe, I believe rocks can talk. And and just go out there every day. Somebody gonna come up oh, at some sure. point and be like, you know what? I believe you do. You're going to find somebody. But he found nobody. And I also think that, you know, to go back a little bit, it gives, the Bible does give us little clues about what made things so bad back in Noah's day about what was going on. And that's like, I try to imagine I like the wickedness and everything to help me understand why nobody came. Nobody listened. It, it was, it was, I, I just, yeah, nobody that, came. That just got to show you how stone cold, like, these people's right. heart was, right? Yeah. But my thing is, like, sometimes people share with me, like, very strange doctrine and theology, or maybe just, like, their religious beliefs. And and sometimes I just be thinking, like, oh, man, they convince you too? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, somebody got you, like, type of situation. The animals would do it for me. The animals would do it for me. The animals would do it for you me. You understand? Like, it was so, it was so much proof. But I gotta say, I gotta say, Noah preached for 120 years, and only his family come on the boat. I, I wrote that on Twitter, like probably like eight years ago, and someone replied to it and said, "This was the least successful altar call in history." <laughs> 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 oh, man. I was like, I was like, crazy. But my thing is, right? My thing is, I'm sure he see this because this is the thing. It wasn't Noah. Like Noah was preaching, but the Holy Spirit was still moving, right? Nah, it's up to people to harden their heart. I, I do not believe that the entire world hardened their heart. I believe some people were receptive. You might have been receptive for 50 years. You understand? But that out of 70 years, you might have been like, this ain't this a lie. You know what I mean? Like, this ain't happening. It's the same thing with Sarah. Uh, shoot, just jump in the gun a little bit. God tell Abraham and Sarah, you're all going to have children. You understand what I'm saying? But it was, it's taking so long to the point it's like, mm, it probably wasn't true, Sarah. You know what I mean? You, you understand what I'm saying? So some people during this time, to give them the benefit of the doubt, they probably believed, but it was such a prolonged period of time, they probably got distracted. And then if he and no pastors co-signing you, then and no might not even have been a pastor for real. Like he might have just been a righteous man still. You know, but if he and none of the religious leaders, because they was probably evil too, none yeah. of them co-signing that and people following them, you just look like the crazy person, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it was saying back in like Patriarchs and Prophet as well, it was saying that like they were trying to use the natural laws of God against God, saying, I guess what, bro, how can, how can the flood en- encompass the whole earth? Because remember, this is still a perfect world they're living in. The flood hadn't happened yet. Naturally. So no natural disaster from God had happened yet? Never rained yet. Right. The earth was still getting watered naturally, well, not watered, by, by, by dew. The, they literally were saying the banks of the rivers have never left, the rivers have never broken their banks. So think about it. So every day you wake up, it's the same. You ain't got to worry about, oh, the clouds ain't getting green. There's no lightning, there's no thunder. The, 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 there's no high and low, I guess high and low tide was still a thing, but the rivers where they were, you know, they had the four rivers back in the garden, even though they're still flowing out anyway, too technical right now. But those the rivers are never broken up by. So it's like, yo, what are you talking about? What is, <laughs> like, right. what are you talking about? What is a, yeah. <laughs> and then, I know we haven't like highlighted this yet, but like every patriarch had a test. So Norse test really and truly was one, preaching for 120 years, because think about it, Norse has to build this boat. 
Noah still has to have faith that God is going to send this flood because granted, you yourself has never seen a flood as well. And then after Noah built the flood, I mean, built the ark and got trapped in the ark with the animals trapped, God closed the door. They were in that ark for a week before it started to rain. Hmm. And to me, that, that week was really where the test was because that week he could have jumped out the ark saying, Brian, God, this, this, this clearly ain't happening. Mm-hmm. But just think about it. Like for me, I, I picture myself like, okay, I'm in the ark for a week. God, I preached for 120 years. Only me and my family I could have convinced. Now, it isn't like the door shut and the rain instantly starts. I'm still in this ark, day one, nothing. Day two, nothing. Three, four, five, six, nothing. Like, to me, I'd have been discouraged. Even though I know, I'm just thinking about me and my humanness. I'd be like, yo, God, you, are, you, are you playing me right now? Right, but at the same time, <clears throat> after you see, all them animals gone. And- yeah, the, the animals will do it for me. Right? But God shut the door himself. Mm-hmm. You know, God up to something. Whether it's rain or not, I know you up to something. Like, you know, that, that, can give you, that can give you the hope that this will happen. Like, God didn't say when it was going to happen. You know what I mean? But he said it was going to happen truthfully. And, you know, that was his thing. So, you know, the flood happened, rained 40 days for 40 nights. They came back. Nobody was left on the earth, you know. And when, when, they was, when they were trying to come back to society, you know, Noah, first thing he did, plant a vineyard, you know, start to free his mind. You know, it's one of his sons made fun of him while he was passed out naked. And the other two sons covered him. And then while he woke, when, when, when Noah came back in consciousness, he put a curse on the lineage of Ham, which was the son that made fun of him. And from there, the next story in the Bible is the, um, the Tower of Babel. So during the time, just to set the scene, these are the, the people, the descendants of Noah and his family, you know. And God, you know, God, as he always says, you know, be fruitful and multiply. But this time he's specific to say scatter amongst the earth. And they were like, no, I ain't really feeling that scatter thing. You know, I was thinking more northward, you know, more. We just just head up. Let's just go vertical. You know what I'm saying? We just head, we just heading straight up. And so they was like, you know what? This is what we could do. We could build a tower to reach the heights of heaven, you know? So they get busy. They start getting busy. They start working and working and working and working and working. This probably took years. And, and, and midway through, God was like, yo, let us go down and confuse their languages. Because if, I, if we don't do that, anything they put their mind to, they will accomplish. Will accomplish. And that's powerful because a lot of people probably feel like God is being figurative there. But I take that to be literal. I take that as saying God has blessed us with the mind and the capabilities and the powers to accomplish anything we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You understand? And let's think, like, the way, just the way I think about it, you know? And, we, and there's something, if you all disagree or if you all have some evidence to prove this to be incorrect, write it in the comments, you know, email us, DM us, whatever. But what I'm saying is, these guys wanted to reach the heaven. Part of the reason they wanted to do that is because the world had already been destroyed by a flood. Now, if we build a tower that's super high to go all the way to heaven, we can't get destroyed with the flood, so God ain't gonna be able to do this no more. And God was like, yo, Mm, they 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 onto something, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if and if God didn't feel like they had the capability to actually reach into heaven, then I don't see why God would have dis- would have would have took this lens to distract them, you know? Mm-hmm. And why God would have even said anything they wanted to do, anything they put their mind to, they'll be able to do, you know? And so I don't know if anyone else want to chime in on on the top. But yeah, so I mean, like, if they don't, just to keep the story going forward again. <laughs> So now we see, now we reach uh, the hinge in Genesis now. So now we see that the first 11 chapters of Genesis was really focusing on God and the world. And we see a God created man. They got evil. God said, you know what, I'm hit the reset button. So now Genesis pivots. 
So now we see we go through the table of nations where God essentially breaks down where all of Noah's children descended and where they went to. And you actually, and the importance of this part, you actually could, uh, you actually could historically check and see where, which, which nations started to develop even to the, even to this day from the table of nations. But now going forward, this next half of the Bible, next half of Genesis, we're going to start focusing on God and Abraham's family. So now after this, we see off the Tower of Babel, God said, you know what? Be fruitful, multiply, and scatter. And guess what? You guys have to scatter now because I confuse your languages. So it wasn't just, uh, I'm destroying this tower. This tower, God said, you know what? The reason why you guys even was able to come together and, and form this evil deed is because you guys could all speak the same language and you all could talk to each other. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm confusing your tongue. Because what would have stopped them from doing it again? Doing it again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like and the next thing too, they were saying like, you know, in the Tower of Babel, anyway, think about it. All, not, there was no interpretation back then because we all just started talking different languages at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't no, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a figure what you're saying. They, they just got so frustrated with each other. They, they say, you know what, we're done with this. So they actually were forced to start scattering. Mm -hmm. So now God say, I need someone else now. So now we see Abram, he didn't go harm yet. Abram mm -hmm. was the one that God chose. Mm -hmm. And so now Abram was another man. And when, it was so interesting is that when God, when, when God came to him, God said, you know what? I got a promise to you. Through you, I'm going to bless the entire world. Hmm. Your name will be great and your children will be like as numerous as the stars in the sky. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to leave your hometown. Wait, like well. Like how, much, <laughs> like how much people like, I mean, think about it. Imagine if God just came to you now, like just be like, to me, I'd have been like, yo, where am I going? And question it. I would have had a million questions. What? <laughs> Listen. But here's the thing. Ab Abram didn't have a question. He just said, okay, God, I'm going. I'm going to go wherever you lead me. Say less. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, that was so powerful because, like, and to me, it just shows, like, the trust you should have in God. Now, you know, we, now we're starting off Abram with an A. Or what do you start him off with? Anyway, for some reason, we had Abram had a report card. We yeah, we had a grading system. 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 I, did, I even forget about that. No worries. There's plenty of people who deserve a grade down the line, but we understand. <laughs> yeah, like, Joseph deserved one too, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah. But we had a grading system for Abram. He started off with the ultimate faith. It's really called Abram the man of faith. Like that, that episode literally just taught, pretty much turned into us talking about faith in depth. That was Yana. Hey, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. So, but... So we really started going in depth with faith with Abraham, just showing because the amount of faith that that takes. Because God promised you this. You had a relationship with God, but God, like this, well, granted, years have passed. But you see God, like, wait a couple generations and say, you know what, Abraham, here you go. You're the guy I'm single out to make this promise to. But I'm going to have to take you out of your father's household. And you're just going to go to a place that I will show you. He didn't even say, yeah, you know, you're going to go to Israel. You're going to, go to, you're going to go to the Bahamas. You're going to go to Canada. It was like, nah, I'm going to, go, I'm going to show you this place. You just mm -hmm. got to have the faith and trust me. And he went. And as he went along the way, he had a wife, and then he also had a son with him. Well, not his son, his, his, nephew. his, his nephew, because his, 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 uh, brother. his brother died away, by, the yeah. child, by the Chaldeans. I got, I got a really quick question no, for y'all. Was Abraham a triplet? Abraham? A Abram? Or oh, Abram? Oh, I don't, just, I don't just, think so. Just off of the way that they, because that they, if you look at, if you look at um, uh, I in Genesis 11, and and chapter uh you like identify triplets <laughs> i just i just saying because terah became the father at, and this chapter 11 uh verse 27 this is what i say, say yeah if they say what age terah become the father of a tree down we could we could assume he's a triplet but if they just say terah had three sons he said after terah had lived 70 years he had become the father of abram nahor and haran 
Well, but, I but what I would say about that though, we know that Abraham um, is Sarah's sister, I mean brother, mm-hmm. but from a different, they have a different mom. Mm-hmm. You understand? So that, to me, that implies that Haran was his dad's name, right? Or oh, Terah? Terah. that implies that Terah wasn't monogamous in that, you know, it's just one person I have in children with. So he could have been, I know a guy who him and his brother was born in the same 24 hours by two different women. He could have, Tara could have been cut from that cloth, but an easier answer would be they probably triplets. <laughs> you know I mean? it, it was just an interesting thing as I, as I was reading. Yeah. You got any this? All right. So, oh, yeah. So, right after that, the next main story was Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, we had a couple instances in between there where Abram, his face started to go up and down. We had Abimelech and Pharaoh where Abram was like, you know what? My wife is so fine. Hey, Sarah, when we pull up in this city, you're just going to say you are my sister because if they know you, I'm your husband, they will kill me. I like my life. I don't want to die. <laughs> so just say this little white lie. And yeah, and we see even through that, in the lack of faith, God was God still had Abram's back because God mm-hmm. well, came to Pharaoh. Which with one's the curse? Yeah. It's a remember, like you got the curse, right? It was a Pharaoh too. Is the Pharaoh start off with the curses? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, remember we were saying like, <laughs> those plagues always loved Egypt. God yeah, just like, yeah. 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 you guys should eat. And, and, and Pharaoh right away was like, it have to be him. Yeah, it have yeah. to be him. My life was perfect <laughs> before you guys came here. See, with Abimelech, God come to him in a dream was like, bro, I'm about yeah. to kill you. Yeah. And Abimelech was like, bro, <laughs> what, what did I do? He was like, bro, literally God, what did I do? I asked the man, he tell me this is this stuff. What did I do wrong? And God was like, literally, because you won't do nothing wrong, that's the only reason why I ain't kill you yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I want to kill you if you would have just, just taken this. No, I like Abimelech for that too. Abimelech was like, yo, I did everything right. I literally asked him. This is your wife. He told me no. <laughs> Free ring. Oh, exactly. So, so now, right? So, in between their travels, you know, it, it come a time when lots, when, 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 just this town wasn't big enough for the both of us, basically. But Abram, Abram and Lot, we have to go our separate ways, man. We just becoming too big of a people. And he's like, let me tell you something. All of this, God promised me, but you can pick from anywhere you go east, I go west. That's mm-hmm. just how it is. And Lot, he picked the most prosperous town. But that town came at a price. You understand? Mm. These guys were very perverse, you know? Mm-hmm. So Lord picked that town. And then years later, the town ended up getting ramsacked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Abram, had to, what he, how much man did he take? I, I, I want to say 300, but I don't want to miss Let's yeah, get in. Yeah. Man, someone find the text. But Abram rolled up with his, it was, I think it was like 200 or 20. It was like some nerd. I'm a trained armed man just waiting for Abram's call. Like, hey, you guys. Lot's in trouble. Because remember, like, the kings the, the kings of the valley came to Abram. Abram was like, okay, y'all squabbling. Oh, yeah, Lot was with them. Lot? Lot? <laughs> oh, we got to go get him. <laughs> we got to go get him. So we see Abram rolls up in the whole valley, deals with the situation with his armed command. 318. 318? Yeah. All right. He was close. I was off. I don't know. Yeah. So Abram rolls up with his trained his train guy, saves Lot, and was like, okay, yeah, all right. Job well done. They was trying to pay him. He's like, nah, I don't want your money. Okay. That's the thing with Abraham. Like, he's like, Abram, Abraham, he's like, bro, the money, I ain't doing this stuff for money. I'm doing this out of the kindness of my heart, and I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do most of the time. <laughs> so it, they try to pay him. He's like, well, pay all the guys who fight for me, but <laughs> I was doing this for Lot. Lot, that's my prize, making sure Lot good. Now, you would think that that was kind of. That would be a red flag. Maybe I shouldn't live in the city because this is a hard place. Kings coming to ambush them. But, you know, just business as usual. A lot went back. And then some an- some an- some angels came to Abram, you know. Two angels and God yeah. pulled up to Abram. Oh. oh, yeah, okay. So two angels and God. Well, as we know, because the Bible just says three visitors came to Abram. And it was like, hey, yo, so where's your wife? Oh, yeah, she's over there cooking or whatever. 
And then it was like, oh yeah, you, so you're, you're, you're gonna have a son. She laughs. <laughs> and, and, and then they say, like, so why did your, Abraham, why did your wife laugh? And Sarah's like, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. And it was like, <laughs> yes. you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> I heard and you. And then the Bible just cuts away, right? And then so now we see uh, the next morning, like, they, they gave him some food, right? And so the next morning we see the two of the visitors who just started heading towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And the third visitor stayed and was like, and just started wondering himself, should I let Abram know what I'm about to do? Hmm. And Abram's like, what's going on? And he was like, yeah, so Sodom and Gomorrah, yeah, I'm about to destroy them. They, they're, 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 they're pretty wicked. This is me paraphrasing, obviously. <laughs> Abram like, yeah, okay. They're yeah, pretty yeah, wicked. Yeah, Abram was like, so Sodom and Gomorrah, so like, and so Abram, we see Abram start to like trying to grapple with this. So you're telling me that, like, he, he, what? he like, like is you, you're, trying, you're going to kill everyone? Like, suppose I find like, how much, how much of a number do you start off with? 50, I think it's 50. Yeah. yeah, I think it was 50. Like, would you say that I find 50 righteous people? And God's like, he high delivered God now. And everyone's like, oh, I got him. Okay, so 50, would you do it for 10? And I was like, mm, okay, yeah, I'll do it for 10. I'll do it for 10. <laughs> Next thing you know, Sodom and Gomorrah about to get destroyed. So you know, it wasn't even 10 <laughs> righteous people there. Yes, and then so now we cut away. So now we see the two other, the two other men, they reach to the, the gate, the city, of, yeah, the, 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 gate. The city gate of, of Sodom and Gomorrah, but they reached like kind of in the evening. And who was out there at the city gate just waiting for visitors to come? Lot. Same, same, same thing. Abram was, was waiting on them three visitors when they initially came to him too. Being so Lot was just down to the city gate waiting on these visitors to come. Oh, this is Eli's episode. Right. But yeah, <laughs> just going through it. But yeah, so like Lot was waiting for these visitors to come. And then now we see Lot was like, hey, guys, uh, could you come be my guest tonight? And they was like, no, nah, we're good. We're going to sleep in the town square. Yeah, we'll just Lot stay in the streets. Like, and, and then the Bible was like, Lot was like, okay, no. Please be my guest tonight. Like really and truly, come be my guest. He started to insist. They were like, "Okay, we, we're going to give in." And part of that was just to test Lot's sincerity, mm-hmm. because it's one thing to just say, "Hey," like for me, I think the issue, I think the analogy Kaiser used in the in the episode was saying, "Yo, I can offer you my food, but re- in reality, I just want you to say no." So I don't you just say no. Like, I, can eat, I can eat all my food. <laughs> right. So it's one thing to just offer, but it's one thing to be sincere in the offer. So that the Lot was really like pushing, like, "Hey, no." Trust me, you do not want to sleep on these streets tonight. <laughs> and so now we see the angels were like, yeah, okay, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll come, we'll, we'll come stay with go The with. angels end up dragging their feet, man. Yeah, but this is supposed to be a quick thing. Let's get in the house. <laughs> <laughs> they end up taking too long. And they end up exciting the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. The people, I mean, the men of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now the Bible don't go in and say how handsome these angels were. <laughs> I don't I don't think they were they were handsome to hey, because like Joseph, right? The Bible say he was he I guess he was Good in shape and on, on appearance Beauty and stuff. Form like, and fashion. Right, so that's Joseph. Form and appearance. Part yeah. of his wife could not keep her hands to herself, oh. right? <laughs> we don't know that this was the case for these angels, but that or not, these guys took extreme measures <laughs> to get what they wanted. Because at the time, man, Lot finally made it home. There was a group of, there was a, the whole town knew. That's why I say these people had to been dragging their feet. The whole town of men knew, both man. old and young. Word spread fast. We got some new meat, fresh meat, in the city tonight. <laughs> so it's like they was going around knocking on doors. Yo, hey, we yo, got yo, some. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> we got a one thirty eight in progress. Not <laughs> <laughs> tonight. Tonight, tonight. It's the part of the night. <laughs> but the part that really gets me too, right? Think about it. This is how I just know they were so deprived in the mind. Mind. 
And Lot was kind of aware of this too, but Lot says, hey, guess what guys, please don't do this evil thing. These guys are guests in my house. Mm-hmm. Here are my two virgin, virgin daughters. daughters. You can have, you can do to them as you wish. That looks so bad on Lot, bro. Mm. That looks bad on Lot, it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Lot said, here's my two virgin daughters. You can do with them as you wish. And they were like, Lot, we will do to you, <laughs> you worse, worse than we were going to do to <laughs> them. <laughs> Bring it. Bring it out. So just see, I mean, it's so funny because the angels had to intervene right there and there. But I wanted to know what Lot's next move was going to be, bro. I want to know because he was ready to sacrifice his daughter's bro. What you think for these strangers? Bro, I think about it like it's just so crazy because I, I, we know the Bible don't go in detail in certain places, but look, the Bible was like just paint this picture very clearly. The angels say, you know what? Blind <laughs> Lot, come back and no Lot, come inside. Blind y'all, Lot. Guess what? Time's right. up, buddy. Jake is up. We angels. We angels. <laughs> we come here. To, we come here to destroy the city. You need to go now. But here's the next thing. So Lot and his wife started to dilly dally themselves too, because mm-hmm. the angels, their instructions were to destroy the city that night. Right. And they say we ain't gonna destroy the city until y'all make it to your destination. Make it to safe. somewhere safe. Because right. he was like going to mountains. Lot was like, we can't make it. We down. can't make it there. <laughs> we don't want to go down. Please let, allow us to go here. I think it was Zoar maybe. Yeah, like, like the next city down. Yeah. A lot, and he was like, fine. Fine. Yeah, go down. <laughs> but but it was like, go now because we cannot start until you get to your destination. Mm-hmm. And so we see the wife on a journey. It's a long journey, but the wife kind of got. Inquisitive. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, just think about it. Like the whole city is about to get destroyed. And like how we paint the picture and like how the Bible kind of paints it too. Like think about it. You're leaving everything that you know behind. Mm. And we talked about how easy, easy it was for Abraham to do that. But this is kind of living the high life. You're living in the most popping city. I don't know what they equate that to right now. Atlanta, Miami. You're living in a Dubai, well- Dubai. Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. City in Dubai. You're living in Dubai. But, and everything's popping. So you're living this lavish lifestyle. Because we literally know like Lot literally chose this land because it was so lush and mm-hmm. so lavish. And you're leaving all this behind in a quick second. And also your family, your friends, because Lot didn't marry a Hebrew. Lot married someone from Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, so. Leaving all this behind. And she looked behind. And angels also say, yeah, do not look back. Don't look back. You end up doing. Leave this life behind. Leave what you're doing and don't turn back. You can take that literally, metaphorically, however you want to do that, but. But it would have to have been physically, don't no, turn de- back. Definitely because, physically, because you yeah. know, she physically turned into a pillar of salt. Yeah. Salty. Mm. But uh, yeah, from there. Anyone got anything else to say on that? Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it was like, a, oh, the land was lush and they got status. Like, I think it was an, a real emotional, like, piece of bondage he had with this city. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, cause he know he was in the wrong, bro. Like you, mm. bro, you're not supposed to be here, yeah. bro. Like you offering your daughters, <laughs> your two virgin daughters. Come to? You feel me? And then even after all of that, then the angel's like, oh, let's go. The Bible says in verse 16 that Lot hesitated and the spit and, and angel had to grab his hand and drag him out. <laughs> let's go, you bro. You feel me? Like how bound up were you in, and how like emotionally and Spiritually, are you bound to the city? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, and, and then also add too, because it always it confused me on that because it's like when the angels came up, he was like, you know, please stay with me. You don't want to be here right. in the courtyard and everything. So he he, he, knew, he knew what was going on he in that knew. city. And, and the fact that, you know, 
it's happening in the courtyard. You know, there was no 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 privacy or anything. It just right. happened out there. So he, it's like he was. I don't know. I don't say comfortable, but I mean, you gotta get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. So and and literally, that's what kind of. And it's like think about you leading. You the leader, right? And you hesitating. Yeah. Imagine your wife who from you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Your like, daughters. You, you understand? Like, like what type of example was that? And mm-hmm. truthfully, just to add some humanity to it, if someone literally come to you right now, like abruptly and say, yo, we got to go. Nothing but the clothes on your back. We got to bounce. We got to get out of hell. It's going to be hesitation. You understand what I'm saying? But if you know this God, it, it got to come a time and you say, man, like literally, I care about God more than I care about anything else, you know? And whether, whether this is something that's innate to you or this is, this is a learned behavior, you have to come to that point. God has to be the most important thing. You understand what I'm saying? And so we can see where, you know, some things took precedence over what God was telling them to do with Lot's wife, you know? And then even, even after this, this was just like a little side story. It, it come a time when his daughters, like after living in the cave for a little while, they would start saying, man, we ain't have no children. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we, we need, right, we need to, we need to, and Lot had daughters. We need to, we need to, we need to continue his line. So let's give him children. You understand? So they end up drugging him. No, they are giving drunk, him out drunk. Yeah, yeah, they, they made him lot drunk. drunk. Yeah, they made him drunk. And they both slept with their daddy. I right. Anyway. And, got him, and got pregnant. So I'm saying that to say this. You can see the effects of Sodom and Gomorrah on his children in the way they are raised. Because wow. they probably didn't even think that was wrong. Wow. You know the two virgin I mean? daughters, by the way. Right. Who Lot just was going to say here. Y'all cut off them. Go. go, go okay, so I was just going to say... Um, so in Bible stories, I try to like see what perspective I would have taken, right? Mm-hmm. And when I think about like Lot's wife, um, like how you say, you try to like add this sense of like humanity to them. The Bible doesn't say Lot's wife made a whole 180, right? The Bible just say she turned around. Like she turned, in my mind, from my understanding, she turned her head around, right? Mm-hmm. Or do y'all, do y'all take it? Any, I don't know. But she turned her head around. And in that, I think there's this, like, there's this important point. Okay, so like we were reading um, Matthew the other day, and I'm sorry, we were talking all the way in the New Testament. Go for it. We were reading it, Matthew the other day, and it was like when um, the the um, guards or whatever, it, all of them came to get Jesus. Right? Well, not even before that, Jesus told them, "Look, this is what's gonna happen to me." And Peter was like, "Nah, Jesus, not on my watch. Like, they ain't gonna kill you, right?" And Jesus was like, "Get behind me, Satan! Like, no, you are mm. not concerned with." The the you're not concerned with the will of God. You're concerned you're concerned with your own desires, right? Mm-hmm. But in Peter's mind, he had good intentions. That wasn't a that wasn't a malicious thing that Peter was trying to do. He wasn't mm-hmm. trying to like do that. Like he was he loved God, so he was like, you know, God, I'm not gonna let them kill you. But God, I mean, Jesus, I'm not gonna let them kill you. But Jesus was like, no, bro, this is God's will. This is not your will. Like mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying. That's where you you are taking on the spirit of Satan because you're trying to intervene with redemption, right? And so when I think about like. Lot's wife, it's like she could have had, I, w- I will say she may not have been malicious and turned behind, not in the sense of like, I want to go back, right? But it's this, it's this thing where you're connected to something, you can just say, okay, I just want to take one last look. I just want to see one more time. I want to see what's going on. But it's like, it may not have been this like deep desire and yearning to turn around. But it was the fact that you just completely took your eye off of off, off of God's will. You mm-hmm. completely made it about you, um, and maybe not intently, or maybe not maliciously, but you did, and that got you in mm-hmm. the mess. 
I got something to say. This pressing on my heart, and this stuff I just don't press on my heart often. But I think about <laughs> this guy named Ozo in the Bible, right? So he was walking with the Ark of the Covenant, and yeah. right, and and like literally, only the priest supposed to touch the Ark of the Covenant. The oxen that were carrying the Ark of the Covenant start to stumble. And he reached out and stabilized. And he reached out to try to stabilize the Ark, and <laughs> got killed. Why? Because God said only, only the priests priest should touch the Ark of the Covenant. Your heart can be in the right place, right. but at the end of the day, you're doing the opposite of what God said. And right. this, this is the main point I'm trying to get. I've been having a lot of conversations the past couple of weeks about the Sunday being the Sabbath. You understand? About God's law. God literally wrote this. This is written down. You understand? And some people either take the thing saying Sunday is the Sabbath or they're saying, bro, it don't matter, bro. You could just keep a day. But literally, my thing is, if God say to do this, right? No matter, you you still worshiping at the end of the day. You're doing the right thing. You worshiping, right? But to say this is the Sabbath or to say I'm keeping this day holy is the, is not what God said to do. And we can see situations where a man who was, has heart was in the right place reach out to try to stabilize the Ark of the Covenant and got killed for that. We can see where somebody who, they was walking, they was, they was leaving um, Sodom and Gomorrah. She might've turned around. She might've heard something. She might've thought something. She was still traveling. She was still doing what the angels told them. But, you understand yeah, what I'm saying? So she was still going and she ended up getting killed. So like the funny thing about it too is like, when she turned around, she already reached a place of safety because the angels couldn't start destroying the city until they reached. She reached Zoar and she heard the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, and that's when she turned around. Mm -hmm. So like, that's like the part about it too, because remember in the episode we were saying like, she literally reached her place of safety. She already reached where God brought her from and brought her to, and the connection still pulled her back. Because mm -hmm. remember my main point in that episode too was like, where, what, are, like what, have you, what haven't you given up that God is still telling you to give up? Like what is your Sodom and Gomorrah? What, what do you need to leave behind? Like Kazi just said, she still went. Mm -hmm. She could have easily not gone. But it's like just because you going in the direction that God telling you don't, don't mean you want to be there. Like and, you get what I'm saying? Like I like the next thing too, it's like a person a per like a person convinced against their own will is still a man unconvinced. Because like right. she pretty much was like, Yo, I'm Lot's wife, I have to go. Yeah. But she wasn't actually completely sold on leaving. It was just right. being a good wife, but her heart still wasn't there. And since she left her heart in Sodom and Gomorrah, her body essentially got back in Sodom and Gomorrah. Also got destroyed. Oops. Not to be grim. But I'm gonna keep it going. <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah is an awesome story. So now after Sodom and Gomorrah, we see Abram, who is still Abram at this point. Abram, uh, Sarah was like, yeah, you know what? Sarai, Sarai, mm -hmm. she wasn't Sarah yet either. So Sarai was like, hey, you know what, man? You're old, I'm old, I'm barren. Hey, here's my maidservant, have a son with her. Which is kind of weird because I'm like, how did you guarantee that Hagar only produced men? Right. And are you comfortable <laughs> with this at the end of the day? How are you too? so like, comfortable with this? And she was like, yo, yeah, here's Hagar. You can marry her. You can have a son with her. Bang. That, that, like, you know, God going to bless you up through that. True, true, true. Uh, Hagar. And Abram was like, you sure? She's like, yep. <laughs> so Abram, Abram did his thing. You know, Ishmael came along. Well, Ishmael was still in the, in, in, in the tummy cooking. And Sarai was like, hold on. I don't like this. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this one bit. And she went to Ab Abram complaining. Abram's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa. The woman you gave me, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, you, <laughs> like you, this is your maidservant. You do it as you wish. I ain't even getting in this. And so Sarah's like, oh, cool, bet. 
Banished. Mm-hmm. Dealt harshly with her, and 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 Hagar ran away. Hagar ran away, and then we see Angel of the Lord came to Hagar. It's like <laughs> I just remember this. Where skin. you going? I remember Nick. Hagar, where 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 have you come from, and where are you going? <laughs> and Hagar was like, Yo, uh, my, my my mistress uh, treat me uh, well, uh, poorly. Angel essentially said, Guess what? Go back, because you're carrying Abram's child now. He will also be. I will both like. He is also blessed. He will be called Ishmael because he will be a wild donkey of a man. But he will also have many nations through him as well. They went back. So now, where are we at now? So now, basically, they coexisted, and then you know, because God's uh, when God was when the angels were there with Abraham, they were like, "Yo, the next next year around this time, Sarah could be pregnant, or or she would have a child, one of the two. And um, so basically, they had the child now, this this Isaac, the promised son. They had a feast, you know, they were celebrating and. And while they were celebrating, and this was years later after um, Ishmael was born, it was probably like 15 years later. And at the time, Ishmael and his mom were kind of mocking them. And, you know, Sarah took offense to that. And she was like, Abraham, you gotta, you, now you gotta banish them. Abraham kind of tarried a little bit, and God was like, nope, you gotta banish them. Aesop, sop. You understand? So the next morning, Abraham sent them on their way. And, and that was the end of that. And so what are we gonna do? Sarah's death? Yeah, so Isaac was born. Yeah, so Isaac was born. born. Then Sarah, she died. And then so now we have verse 24, in chapter 24, which is the longest chapter in the Bible, where we had Eliezer, Abraham's faithful head servant, master in charge of his household. He's like, hey, uh, Eliezer, I'm getting old. I need to find a uh, wife for my son. I don't want a wife from in the land of Canaan. That's a no. I need you to go back to my hometown and find a wife for my son, Del. And which was, which is so, well, pardon me. Oh, oh, yeah. We, yeah, we skipped that part. I was wondering. Which part that was? We skip yeah. a very important part, ladies and gentlemen. A part of us. We have our lovely people here helping us out. So, like we said, there's always a test. And so Abram, after his uh, several tests, there was one important test. So Isaac was grown up now. Oh, that's what we skipped. Yeah. yeah. God provides a lamb. Oh, man. <laughs> so, Ooh. man, Kazo, let you take it. Yeah, I mean, so so basically, right? If Abraham hadn't been tested enough already, right? God was like, all right, man. So like, I had you waiting decades to have this son because you're going to be a great nation. Now, you remember that son with you, but I was telling you about, I need you to kill him. You know what I'm saying? And so like, and, and God came to him in a dream. And so like, you... Abraham could have easily thought, man, I'm, I'm hallucinating. I'm bugged out. You know what I'm saying? I had too much jalapenos last night. It messes with my brain or something. You know what I mean? And so, like, so, but, but he still remained faithful. He went out, didn't tell Sarah. Couldn't have tell her. You know what I mean? And they went out. Him, his servants, and Isaac, they went out to the mountains to offer a sacrifice. And Isaac being a sharp young man, along the way, he asked a very important question. He said, sir, he said, father... Where's the wood? Uh, I know. I see the wood. I see the wood. I see everything for the burnt offering. But uh, where, where, where's the lamb? And Abraham, at this time, he said very. He said something very interesting. The way he top dance around it, it's, it's impeccable. You understand? He said the Lord will provide a lamb. You understand? And we know that was not the full truth. But at the same time, I felt. I feel like Abraham sincerely felt. That God had something up his sleeve with all of this. You know what I mean? Mm. And he, he probably made peace with himself to say, this is my most prized possession. The Lord can give it and the Lord can take away and the, the Lord, Lord can give, give again. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And so in his mind, the Lord would provide a lamb. Whatever that means, I hope it means something. You know what I mean? So, And, and what's so important, right? Because a couple of things just to paint the scene again. 
Granted, check out this episode too, but there's a couple things I want to paint. This is Abram's favorite son. Well, and he waited a hundred years for this, and he waited a century to have this son. So it isn't just saying that, hey, just sacrifice any old willy-nilly person. It was like, nah, this son came through my barren wife, Sarah, when I was a hundred years old. So God said, you know what, take this son that I know you love so much because you waited a hundred years for this son and sacrifice him. Hmm. Sacrifice him. And here's the thing, even though he said God will provide a lamb, which we know to be true, but at that point in time, he had no evidence that God was going to save Isaac. The only thing Abraham could have somehow wrestled with was say, you know what? God said he's going to make me a father of many nations and somehow he is going to do this. Hmm. I don't know what is going to happen to Isaac. I just know I was I was commanded to sacrifice my son. I don't know if I'm going to kill him. He's going to come back to, to, to life. God gives life. God could take away life. He could take away life. He could give back life. But there was no... God didn't secretly tell him, yeah, you know what? I'm testing you to see if you're actually going to kill him. I'm going to send a lamb. God was like, nah, sacrifice him. But there was no, that, was, that was it. You just need to sacrifice his son. Abraham was trying to ra- ra- rationalize that, but he couldn't do it. But he said, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice his son. So he pulls up to the mountaintop. And we see he was fully committed to this act. Because he reached up with the knife in the air. And it's the next thing. Because Isaac was so uh, okay obedient, with this. Yeah. O- obedient with this. Because, I mean, granted, I don't I don't really see my daddy coming to me and saying, bro, see, I'm about to sacrifice. You know? Bro, be like, um, to no, sacrifice not even who? your daddy, bro. Your daddy at age, like, 120. And you're like, 20, you you in your prime. You understand? It's an old man. You know what I'm saying? But, like, and to me, the needs exemplifies a couple of things, too, just to show that Isaac was, I don't know, like, obedient, but still had... His father's connection with God was so strong that it was enough to like keep him rested like assured. Because like you've seen daddy sacrifice multiple times throughout your life at this point. Like the sacrifice is a normal thing. Because you see he brought up Isaac early in the morning to go to the mountains. And Isaac's like, oh, okay, cool, I'm coming. Like I know I, I, I know this is routine. You see him and ask, like, hey daddy, I see this, I see this, I see this. Where's what, what, like the most important part missing? Making sure you won't forget me. Yeah, like, I know you're old now. You're old now. <laughs> but then to say, you know what? I trust my dad. I trust his relationship with God. <laughs> God just, nah, bro, not me. <laughs> like, like that, that sound nice. You feel me? But nah, it's not. If I you bound me up and lay me down on this wood where the, where the offer is supposed to go, and you got your knife, bro, nah. No, you we, ki- you nah. killing me like that, though? Like, like no, bro. Bro, like you prayed for me. Right. <laughs> what? He say something getting sacrificed, but right. it ended up being you today. You know what I'm saying? It ended up being you today, no, but shit. But I, I I feel like that just shows not just the fact that he had faith in his father's uh, relationship with God, but he himself had, had had to have faith in God just to lay down and say, all right, I can take this. I can mm. take this one L for the team. I wish we could have get more into Isaac's personality because I can't really make out what type of person he is. Like, like, Isaac, all, like, Isaac means laughter. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. His whole story is a joke. Yeah, his, yeah, his whole story is a joke. When <laughs> the angels, me, I would not be laughing. Watch this. <laughs> no, but watch this, watch this, watch this. When, 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 the, when the angel come, the angel come to, to, um, God come to Abraham and say, you got to have a son. Abraham laughed because he was old. Later on, the angels come and say, yo, you about to have a son. Sarah laughed. You understand? <laughs> so basically, everything to do with this man is laughed up. Right. If I'm Isaac, I'm saying, when is the joke in <laughs> It's this, too much joke. Yeah, at some point in time, the joke has to come down. It's a limit. <laughs> you can't be playful all the time, bro. You said it all the time. It's cool. You can't be playful all the time. Even bro. his wife and his son had him for a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for joke. For joke. For joke. 
But what, nigga, so you what, what's, what's really crazy is I don't understand why Abraham was so uh, uh, flabbergasted at having a son at a hundred when you go back into you know all of his all of his ancestors. These dudes was having kids pre flood, post flood. This is pre flood. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah, pre flood, post flood. So he might not even have a see people have that. Yeah, that, this that this six hundred time limit. That's, that's true. That's that kind of that kind of faded away now. Yeah, that's, that, Mm-hmm. That's so anti-Diluvian. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. So you know, God provided a lot. But I don't think we should go into Eliezer, bro. I think we should just like... I'm I, 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 I about to talk through it. Oh, I gotta say. <laughs> I'm about to talk through it. Yeah. So now we see the longest chapter in the Bible. I mean, longest chapter not in the Bible, but in Genesis. Mm-hmm. First, uh, chapter 24. is essentially highlighting the importance of finding a wife. Because during that chapter, during that episode, we were like, why, why was this... The longest chapter in the Bible. Just think about it. We already went through creation. We already went through Cain and Abel, the first murder. We already went through the Tower of Babel. We already went through the flood. But this story in particular is the longest, most detailed. And Elias went into excruciating oh, detail. He did, did he? Check out that episode. Elias <laughs> went into excruciating detail just saying, you know what? This is the importance. And God was just hiding. This is the importance of finding a wife. Because during that time, uh, God created Eve. Abraham popped in the scene with Sarah. And so this is the first time we actually see like, hey, this is the process of choosing a wife and making sure that this is the right woman for you. For the sake of time, he divided this episode into two parts. So check out part two for the conclusion of the Genesis story.